0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Something Super Spiritual. I am your host, Jeffrey Peck. And uh, first thing I just wanted to say was another great big thank you for so many of you who have been reaching out uh, by email, direct message, whichever platform, um, and just reaching out, you know, the prayers, the touching base, just to see how things are going, what's happening on, just even a quick, just a hello. I love that. And I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you. A lot of you have asked about you know how I'm feeling, and I really truly appreciate that. You know, the end of last year with that big fat surgery, uh, you know it's it's a lot. It's a process. You know, it really is a process. Um, and uh, just this last week, I had another surgery on my hand. I had a I had a um, a giant cell tumor in my middle finger on my left hand and I mean a tumor on my finger what that sucker had been growing for 10 to 12 years maybe even longer but I had doctors in the past say it's just a ganglion cyst it doesn't matter unless it bothers you you know just doesn't matter so I'm like okay well it wasn't bothering me and then I went to see a hand doctor because of the you know just the natural getting older arthritis stuff you know and making sure that all that's not worse than feels sometimes. Well, he saw this bump on my finger and he's like, oh, okay, that's got to come out. So I was, I was all, oh man. Okay. Anyway, that was last week, but so much has been going on since last year. So much has been happening. So much shift, uh, just not only like physically, you know, like, like d- this deferred maintenance on my body. It seems like, you know, it, it reminds me of a house, you know, like you live in a house for ten fifteen twenty twenty five thirty 30, for many years, lots of years, and you know there's deferred maintenance it's the maintenance that we put off because you know either maybe it's it's just a huge job and you just need more money or you just don't have time because you're just too busy you know or 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 maybe a combination of all of the above you know me life happens family members get sick um you know just just life happens well then you know this the list of deferred maintenance you know the roof has issues plumbing has issues the electricity has issues and well all those issues they start to add up well it's kind of like what I it's what I feel like I've been going through physically you know it's like like all these little things through my 40s I made it to 52 never having been in the hospital or emergency room or Anything and to you know having these four big fat surgeries in the last year and a half, <laughs> it's like whoa! All right, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Thanks, heaven. Let's you know. Thanks for the messages. Thanks for the notice. Um, I, I I'm paying attention. I am awake. So yeah, just lots going on. But you know what? Along with all of that, become the shifts. Because what is within is without, and as we are in the process of. You know, uh, repairing our body, repairing our insides. You know, like uh, Louise Hay always said, you know, the, the, the emotions, the mental, uh, the spiritual, it's all connected to our physical. And what is within is without. And a lifetime of, of mental trauma, uh, mental anguish, a lifetime of anger, a lifetime of fear, basically. Will start to develop, you know, dis ease on the inside. Disease being, you know, disease. And it's true, you know, there, there is absolutely, she's, bless her, she's ahead of her time, it seems like, you know, she goes back to the, it seems like the 80s, 70s and 80s, she was talking about all this stuff. But um, yeah, uh, it's just another pay attention. Another message just to, to, to pay attention. So having said that, thank you for those of you. Thank you for all the messages, the emails, the well wishes, uh, just reaching out, just even to say hi, you know, thank you. I love that. And today's guest, Jen Catlin, I mean, she's like, what a ball of light. And what I love most about this whole experience is that it with getting in touch with her, connecting with her, was truly synchronicity in action. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I think about a year, over a year ago, I had dabbled into, uh, like, I was, I was really dreaming this podcast pod dot pod series, so to speak, this pod series of the the you know NDEs, near death experiences, STEs, spiritual transformative experiences and and really talking to people who have experienced and lived through those uh to be changed forever and and really wanting to you know really learn from them and and kind of get uh, their story and how it changed their lives and what their messages are for us and and I did I I think I did have maybe 3 episodes but but just recently it's been pinging me again so uh, uh in, in that ping I just happened to be on a near death experience group on Facebook. And I, and I didn't go there intentionally. I just like found myself there. And on whatever post in this group, I was reading through it and kind of skimming through it. And there were, it seemed like hundreds of comments and a couple of these comments really touched my heart. And I just happened to look at, you know, the, the, the person who was writing these comments and I saw that she herself had experienced an NDE and I thought, huh, And then I just kind of read a few more comments and she had responded to a few other people in, in her way, very beautiful, and warm and caring, sensitive. Uh, so I thought, you know what I want to talk? I want to talk to this gal. <laughs> so, so I did. I reached out to her and, uh, and sure enough, you know, we, we, as spirit would have it, then we talked and, and when we talked, we just totally connected and had an absolute blast in this conversation and she has a really really inspiring story. So Jen Catlin, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for for hearing your call, your spiritual call and and then, you know, shifting your life in the way that you were supposed to, really in service to others in the way that you are with your hypnotherapy, your psychology background, kind of blending, merging all of that together really beautiful you guys really beautiful the Sedona Retreat Awakened Immersed Inspired is now live and that is to take place October 17th through the 20th in Sedona and that is very exciting so that too is at the website jeffreypeck.com. please email uh, for any, any questions but i think that you know, there's the frequen- frequently asked questions the information uh it's all it's all there and it's going to be really beautiful with Kevin Lewis and and Debbie Hedberg. Thank you very much, you guys. Enjoy this episode, and we'll be again talking very soon. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening to Something Super Spiritual. My name is Jeffrey Peck, and I am a psychic medium. If you are seeking conversation with loved ones on the other side or discussion about spirituality, life after life, and anything in between, Join me as we discuss all things spirit. We are collectively experiencing a spiritual awakening right now and recognizing that we are much, much more than we once believed. We don't die and life doesn't end. We are eternal spiritual beings living in this crazy 3D virtual world of existence. Let's talk about it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Something Super Spiritual. I have a really special guest with us today. I had done uh, a little bit of a, a, a docu-series, so to speak, within my podcast about NDEs. And I'd been pinged over and over recently over the last two weeks, like, we got to get more information out to the people. We got to get more information out to the people. And as spirit has it with synchronicity, you know, suddenly I'm on Facebook and this post comes through my wall and I thought, huh, and I looked at it and it's an indie group and then I'm reading whatever I'm reading. And then I see your name, Jennifer Catlin. Wow. You had made some comments on this post Mm
1: -hmm. that I just,
0: that just touched me. That really touched me. And so then I, I reached out to you through the, through the messenger, um, very interested about your journey and your experience and what you've learned from that and what you know and how you're different and all that. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so first of all, thank you so much for being here with us. It's an honor to be here to share your story. And well,
1: thank you for, yeah. Thanks for having this space and holding space for it.
0: you. Thank you. So, yeah. so why don't we start at the beginning? So, so you mm-hmm. had this NDE what um what year was this
1: you know <laughs> people always ask me that and i always have to go back and look it was around 2013 2012 or 2013 okay. i always lose track of time but it was it was in that time frame okay
0: so so then before we talk about that and we get into the the, the, the that whole experience what was your life like before this experience, like what, what where did you come from? What was your family life like? What, what mm-hmm. was that?
1: Well, um, so I was born and raised in Syracuse, New York, okay. which is not where I reside now, but I still have a bunch of family there, okay. and um, a huge family. <laughs> and so, I came from a very, very supportive and and loving family, but I also always had this feeling that I, I, always had an awareness now that I can look back. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I had an awareness that there was more. Mm. And I remember having a surgery and I, I do wonder if I had an NDE that I don't remember at the time, because I had a surgery when I was very young and I remember, and I, I remember the experience. I stopped breathing and I do remember they had put an emergency breathing tube, um, in, and, After that experience, something changed. I remember I would be home, and if we would be out running errands or whatever, get home, and it was nighttime, I used to look up at the night sky and I was just, I became obsessed with black holes and outer space. And I remember looking up the night sky and I would sometimes cry. Because, and I was little and I felt like I was sort of dropped here. (laughs) Like like this wasn't home. Like I was grieving for home.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A home I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't know what that was, but I was also very, very familiar. I was raised in a, a Catholic environment with some exposure to Baptist church as well. And I never fully understood the dogmatic pieces of religion. Um, very quickly learned I asked too many questions
0: at church oh. school.
1: <laughs> and I was, I had the kind of personality where I didn't want to feel different. I didn't want to stick out. And so I learned to just zip it, keep my mouth shut. I was always a very, very deep feeling sensitive person, but I was also aware that it didn't feel normal to me. And so even though I am sure now my family would have supported it had i said something i didn't feel comfortable in any environment to say anything mm-hmm. so i ended up doing everything i could do that i thought i was supposed to do as a human being of how i was supposed to live my life <laughs> go to school go to college go to graduate school and yeah <laughs> yeah check all the boxes totally so good at that and and i did um, I also developed a really strong inner critic in the process, and so that has been a lot of my journey, working through a lot of that. I initially started out; I was a music major. Music was my life. I played flute, um, and I it really was my life. And after a year of being in college for that, I just felt like this wasn't what I wanted to do as my career. <laughs> it was kind of taking the love of music out, and I ended up changing majors, and I became a psychology elementary elementary education, double major. And then I went to graduate school for school psychology and I became a school psychologist. Okay. So I was very much in that Western psychology world. Sure. Logical, analytical yeah. mind. Totally. I shut down all the spiritual stuff. I did do yoga teacher training in my 20s. So I had some exposure to some of that, but I wasn't into like past lives or I wasn't deep into any kind of... You know, metaphysical type of practice. <laughs> yes.
0: Understood. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And very much in the Western psychology, logical mind it's kind of form.
0: very left-brained. I mean, it's very, very much very left-brained. So, um, okay, uh, typical, right? Typical upbringing. Typical life. Typical choosing to fit in. Choosing to, like you said, check the boxes because this is what culture says. This is what our religion says. This is what our parents say. This is, you know, (laughs) what our friends are doing. So we just go with, oh, I so get it. Holy cow.
1: Yeah. It doesn't feel comfortable to not be that. Uh, I mean, for a lot of people, maybe not everybody, but yes, for me, it didn't.
0: uh, Yeah, I I totally get it. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) So, so thank you. So then now, now what, what happened? You know, what, what was, what led to that?
1: what happened? Yeah, what happened? It <laughs> was a big happening. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times we can look back on life and see that there were different things leading up to a big event, mm-hmm. but like at the time, you don't really know what those things are. So there was definitely things happening. Um looking back now I can see that the move we live in North Carolina, we've been here for 18 going on 19 years and the move to the Raleigh area at the time, was the start of that. I didn't know it. You know, we were coming here for my husband's work, and I remember looking at a map, saying, "I'm going to live in that town." <laughs> we had never been there before, and I didn't know why. And he's like, "What are you talking about? We don't know anything about this." Well, that town ended up being really significant, and it ended up happening where I actually met somebody who had. Um, I didn't know this till after I met them, but their business name was a business name I had written down on paper that had significant personal meaning to me for years. And it just never matched up. So I never used it. Mm-hmm. I threw it out when we moved the paper. I get to this door of this person and there on the sign is the name. And at the time I just thought, huh, that's weird coincidence. <laughs> coincidence, right? In quotes. Oh,
0: synchronicity <laughs> permeates We're, everything. Okay. Oh my yes,
1: God. You gave me chills absolutely. already. I already have to well, go
0: through this story. Well, okay.
1: just wait. Because <laughs> After that, it just all started happening. Yeah. So I met this person and I don't want to say who they are just because I want to keep, you know, their life. I don't know that they're comfortable <laughs> being brought into all this mm-hmm. because it's more about what happens than it is the person. But I had met this individual who just looking through their eyes. And again, I didn't know what the eyes meant or anything about this at the time. I was still in my psychology brain, um, through their eyes. All of a sudden I felt like this voice had popped out of me. Like I popped out of myself and I was celebrating like, woohoo, we made it. And it was like, I recognized this person. I knew them even though I'd never met them before. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about.
0: I do. I do. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I didn't know what was going on. Of course, I'm just, like here in my human mind thinking, "What is happening?" <laughs> I thought I was going crazy, and whatever. After that, things just started. I started experiencing what I now know are spiritually transformative experiences, like knocking me on over the head nonstop for a period of about three months. It was just one right after another, yes, yes. constantly. Um, and there were times I would bump into this individual. Oftentimes, this other person didn't even know. It would be things like I'd be backing out of a parking lot and they'd come right down and I almost hit them. Like that happened actually multiple times randomly. Wow. Okay. Through the days. And I kept thinking, what is going on? Like, what is happening? At that time, I also started developing symptoms. I had Lyme disease. Just about two years prior, I had, a, I had an acute infection, was diagnosed, was medicated, went off the medication, and little by little, symptoms kept coming back. That ended up progressing to cardiac. Like, I was having a fibrillation. I didn't know it yet, but I was having all this cardiac stuff and gut paralysis and all kinds of things that started happening from um, the Lyme disease that had really just <laughs> taken a toll. Wow. On my body. Yeah. So um, all these things were happening. I became very ungrounded. And I'm sure there are people in your audience who maybe experience a lot of spiritually, spiritual opening kind of experiences. It can unground you. And I didn't know that. I just didn't know what was happening to me.
0: Oh, I completely understand. And and yes, there are so many people out there going through that too. You know, I- I opened up, I became attuned to Reiki in 2006 and the side effect for me was that it just literally ignited all the spiritual senses over Mm. that weekend. So so, having all of that, what you're talking about is this like, what is going on? You know, it's just all of these new antennas going up or more, more consciously, you know, Mm -hmm. And uh,
1: Right. But your brain doesn't know, right? Totally. Your brain knows this life experience. And so mm-hmm. who am I? What's happening? Yes, and I, I yes. didn't know. I didn't have terminology for this at the time. I didn't know what was going on, but I do remember having to pull over one day from the side. I was just driving around my t- little tiny town, had to pull over one day on the side of the road and just ask myself, where am I? Like I couldn't even recognize <laughs> the streets or what was going on. So I really thought something was wrong with me. <laughs> so fast forward a little bit. I mean, these things just kept happening over and over and over. And I started even just asking, like putting out there, I don't know if anything even exists. I didn't know that if there was anything more at that time in my life. You know, I, I questioned, but I hadn't really landed with it. And just started asking for signs based on other people recommending I do that and things were just showing up left and right. But I still didn't believe because I had such a strong logical oh, bias. Oh,
0: seriously. I mean, so many of us are like that. I mean, <laughs> you ask for a billboard on fire, you'll get it and you'll be like, "No, I I don't, I just don't believe it. I don't I'm not buying it. I need another yeah, one. Yeah, not
1: good enough. I need <laughs> totally. I need a bigger one." <laughs> yes. <laughs> that yes. was me constantly constantly. And so um If we were to fast, I mean, again, there's a lot happening in this time period, a lot at once, but if we were to fast forward a little bit, um, all of this, I started feeling like I was really, really going, like there was something wrong with me. And of course I come from the Western psych world, clinical world, and um, I ended up going for a deeper mindfulness training, because I did have a mindfulness background, some mindfulness training, I went to deepen my training and practice, and um, and there was somebody who I knew who was involved with that, and I knew a clinical psychologist um, who I trusted, and I, I, a friend of mine. And I met with this friend, and I said, I need to set up an appointment with you. I think there's something wrong with me. And... I did. So I went and met with this person and told them everything that had happened from start to up to that time period. And they walked over to the bookshelf and grabbed a book and said, I want you to read this. Now I'm thinking they're just gonna like diagnose me with something, right? Sure. <laughs> like, like I'm having all these things. I was having visions. Like I'd be driving and I was having these um visions of like my inner child. I didn't even know what that was called in it. I didn't even know we had an inner child at the time. I was having my inner child show up. I was having all these deep emotions coming up. So much healing that was just happening rapidly in these visions that felt like they took years worth of stuff in one second. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling her I'm having these visions. I'm seeing things. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and it had me this book and it happened to be um, a Brian Weiss are you familiar with Brian Weiss yeah, so Brian Weiss's first book, and I didn't know who that was at the time, so I read it and
0: is it is it, it many lives many masters is it that yes one? yes yeah.
1: yes that was my first book or like reading material introduction to that that I had ever really had mm-hmm. um formally mm-hmm. so I read through it and it you know how when you across something that really deeply resonates or speaks to you it's like a feeling in your body <laughs> like everything is just wide open mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. I had that feeling and it was pushing me so hard but then we have these human brains that are like no this doesn't make logical sense what <laughs> why would you do this and I had that battle going on like an internal war oh, yeah. for a while yeah push pull and I ended up telling my husband, I I think I have to go train for like, I have to go see what this is about hypnosis, not past life regression, but hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And you know, we both went through why, why would we spend the money on that? You just went through the mindfulness training, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But the, the, the feeling in my body of having to do this became so strong, stronger than my logical mind could compete with that. I ended up, searching. And I am a researcher. So I searched high and low everywhere I could. <laughs> and I found that there was actually a training happening right um, near me that I seemed to resonate with. And it was happened to be with a Michael Newton Institute instructor, Michael Newton, Life Between Lives. Yes. I didn't know who that was or what that was. I didn't even research that at the time. I actually didn't even know. Um, I didn't, I must've glossed over the Michael Newton part because I was just like, oh, cool. Hypnosis training seems to resonate. I'm going to go. And I went (laughs) and it was in, um, in that training, we were just experiencing like clinical hypnosis. And so we would practice with a partner each day, receiving and facilitating. Mm -hmm. And so there was a day toward the end of that, that I, it was, I might've been on the last day, I think of the training where I was a practice client And the person who was facilitating for me is actually a colleague I'm such good friends with now. And we now teach hypnosis certification training together. (laughs) So this experience happened with her. Um, This happened two weeks before the NDE that I experienced. And this is significant because I almost feel like what I'm about to tell you, the event that happened was more, it was bigger, more meaningful for me than even the NDE because it broke me wide open. Okay,
0: okay. Oof.
1: So, this was like the main event. The NDE ended up happening for me. I got information later because I still was questioning <laughs> after this event. And once the NDE happened, I stopped questioning. I was like, Well, <laughs> you wouldn't listen. So, <laughs> that's it. Oh my
0: gosh, Jen. Okay, okay. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, once I got that message, I'm like, All right, no more. I'm good. <laughs> I'm so good. Um, what happened was, you know, I know you told me beforehand that you've experienced hypnosis, Mm -hmm. right? You know, hypnosis, when we experience it, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there that when we experience hypnosis, it's like people often think that our conscious mind is going to be 100% turned off and I'm just going to be transported somewhere else. And it's not like that. Mm
0: -mm.
1: It's like, what you experience with meditation, like you're here and you're also open at the same time.
0: Totally. Yep.
1: Okay. So, and I want people to know that just because a lot of times people do come for sessions and I have to do a lot of educating beforehand because if people come and the expectation is it's supposed to be this way, but that's not what I'm feeling, then they think they're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. Okay. So She's guiding me, and at this point, she's using a script, and in our practices, we're really off script. We were just learning at the time. so she's using a script, and something happened at the time. this is not typical <laughs> where my conscious mind one hundred percent did turn off. I was gone, okay. and I found the very first thing where I found myself, and she didn't know this was happening because we weren't speaking back and forth um, until later in the session. but I found myself in space and I was, it was like I was watching myself, but as I watched myself, I was just a light, a light being. Like there was no body. And I was in outer space and I was with um, two other lights. So there were three of us and then a teacher light. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And this teacher light was lighting up a diagram of the human body. And we were in human school and the teacher was teaching us what it's like to be a human. And there were all these different colored lights, which I now wonder maybe correspond to different energy points or something in the body because they were different colors and it was like this this diagram. Yeah. And so as I'm watching this again I'm not conscious in the sense of being conscious of being in the room with the f- hypnosis facilitator. I'm like completely gone and I'm just watching it saying, "Yep, like yeah, this is what we do." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was like a remembering then the facilitator starts at some point asking questions. And, and this is what we do in hypnosis. Like now we're just completely off script and we just do a lot of dialogue with the person experiencing. So my conscious mind hops back and I start answering her questions, which have nothing to do with what I just experienced, because what I was experiencing was what we would consider a spiritual hypnosis experience. What she, we were working on in session practicing with, was just building confidence, yes. like very human stuff. Yes. We had any, I hadn't even had past life regression training at that point.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So
1: I didn't know any of this was possible for somebody to experience. And I say that going into what I'm about to say next, because I did not know this was possible. I could not have made this up Yes, <laughs> if I had tried. I'm hopping back and forth. I don't even have awareness at the time I'm hopping back and forth in my conscious mind. I knew that later after I had looked back at the session and that's when I completely freaked out. (laughs) But had I had any awareness, like my conscious mind been aware, I know I would have not believed my experience. And I think that's why my mind completely shut off. Sure, It was like I was receiving assistance with that.
0: Oh, completely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So once we get through the questions she's asking me, she starts just doing some other script-based work and I'm just listening. All of a sudden, I am gone again, completely gone. Zero percent in the room consciously. And I find myself on another planet okay. and I'm on this planet. Definitely not a planet I would have. If you told me, like, imagine you're on another planet, I would imagine something a lot more beautiful because <laughs> it wasn't beautiful sure. to our standards. Right. <laughs> it's not what I would have chosen, um, but I'm on this other planet. And there are three, again, that number three beings in front of me, and these are not human beings. And yet the initial reaction I had was, where have you been? Like from the deepest heartfelt space, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. Like what? (laughs) And it felt like my family Mm -hmm. in the deepest sense of that word. And so it was extremely emotional for me. They were um, initially speaking in sounds that don't exist here on earth, but I knew what they were saying. I knew everything that they were saying. And it had to do with there's more, like with the hypnosis beyond this. You can't stop at this training. You have to keep going. And there were a lot of messages around that, around what I was supposed to do. And um, then it ended up, becoming telepathic after some time there weren't sounds anymore we were just communicating telepathically and then the energy I felt it, that is the one thing I will never ever ever forget it's like it just happened two seconds ago if I just even bring my awareness back to that space the energy I felt is what people feel what I now know people feel in NDEs very often right. it, just the it was like I don't know if there was an atmosphere on that planet or not, but it was like, if there was an atmosphere, the atmosphere was just filled with unconditional love. That's what it was comprised of. And, um, and I could feel that and, and they were so loving. And after that, um, the facilitator in the room where I physically was started asking questions again and logical mind, pops back. Oh no, she starts, I'm sorry, not questions. She starts emerging me. That's right. She was started to emerge me like come, it's, you know, time to come back. She's bringing me back from hypnosis.
0: Sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I'm hearing her. So I pop back and they're telling me in this other, you know, they're starting to fade these beings like my family and, um, we'll see you soon and remember everything we've told you and, um, we have to go now. And I just start crying facilitator who's sitting next to me has no idea what's going on. Cause I haven't told her any of this, Sure, that I'm, you know, she's working on like confidence building stuff. <laughs> so, so I come back. I mean, just for context, like I come back, I'm crying more from grief than anything. I just felt like I was grieving deeply. Like I had found something I'd been searching for my whole life, but I didn't even know I was searching for it mm-hmm. and I just found it. Now it's gone. And, I'm I'm sobbing. So finally when I'm able to speak and she's like what's wrong? You're like did I do something wrong? Okay, yeah. What did I do? I then my my logical mind turns back on. And that's when I just completely flip out because you know there's this spirit side where everything is feeling amazing and right and whole and then this human logical mind brain who doesn't know what the heck just happened comes back on and i just start shaking cuz my nervous system just went into overdrive and wow. i was shouting what just happened what just happened for probably a good i don't know it could have been half an hour it was a while wow before i could even like talk about anything. And when I was able to finally tell her what happened, she was the best person for me. Cause I didn't know her well at this point at all, but she, everybody, apparently who everybody else in that training was there. Cause they wanted to get to the train in life between lives to the Michael Newton Institute. And this was a prerequisite. I didn't even know who Michael Newton was at this point. Yep. So I just, you know, happened to be there. And she was able to walk me through this whole thing. I mean, she was like deep already into consciousness and that stuff and I didn't know anything about it. So it was like, I had like spirit gave me somebody who was right there. And now we're like really good friends and teach training together. But somebody who was able to be there as a support for the human part of me that felt like I had gone crazy because when you experience something so emotional like that and it feels so real, and I didn't even know that that was a possibility. Mm-hmm. I literally thought I'd lost it at that point.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: And like, you're going to have to lock me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was the big, big STE I had. Then we had a couple weeks of a, a few weeks of a break before the next segment. And um, it was in that time. I had the near-death experience. I was driving down the street, I was driving in my car and I suddenly felt like I'm gonna pass out. like I just knew I was gonna lose consciousness. I didn't know at the time I had a fibrillation, but I did and so um, my cardiac stuff was driving that and I was able to get my husband on a- speed dial enough, I couldn't even think to call 911 and somehow asked it like, I, I just mentioned the road I was on, where I was. Quickly, call an ambulance. Oh my <laughs> and yeah, so he received that phone call, and I w- had enough warning to pull over. And um, and I, I could tell when I was talking to him that my words w- were slurred. They felt clear to me, but I could hear that they weren't clear coming out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It like it sounded stroke like, like if somebody were having a stroke, and half of my body became like paralyzed just like it would with a stroke mm. and my arm curled in, like I couldn't move it. And then I lost consciousness. And, and I remember saying, if anything really does exist, I still didn't believe at the time, if anything really does exist right before I passed out, please help me. <laughs> and that's when I found myself out of my body. And I know in some near death experiences, cause I've worked with a lot of people with NDEs as well. Um, a lot of people report looking down or like seeing their body. I wasn't noticing my physical surroundings in my human life at that point. I was in outer space just immediately. And I was in, my ND is a little bit different than, cause I didn't go deep, deep, deep into that unconditionally loving space. I felt very supportive, loving energy around me, but wasn't having all the communication because I was actually told not to leave and to go any further. I found myself in space. I, I didn't have a body. I had zero fear at this point. I was good. you know. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't in a body and I was surrounded. I had a 360 degree view. I was surrounded in this container of, it was like a gem-like structure of these really tall gemstones is the closest thing I can describe it. And they were very, very vivid in color, in colors that don't exist here.
0: Understood. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I don't have words for them because, because they don't exist here. So I don't even know how to describe them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the colors do exist here, but there are other ones that don't. And... I could feel a lot of energy. Like I was in the middle of this container. It was open at the top to space and I could feel a lot of energy just pouring out of these stones. And I, there, I could feel other energies of, of beings outside of the container that were supporting the energy of it. And it was, the energy was like somehow sustaining my energy and it was sort of holding me there. And and I heard a voice. I don't know what voice people ask. I have no idea. I, I, you know, Not with my ears, obviously. But I heard a voice and it was just it very firmly, do not leave this place. Do not leave the container. And I knew it was just an inner knowing that I had free will to go. I could go. It was open at the top. But I also knew if I went, I wasn't coming back. And I knew that wasn't supposed to happen. So for me, it it almost, it didn't feel like a rule I didn't want to follow. It just felt like this is what was supposed to happen. Like, sure. don't go any further. And so I chose not to, but I could feel there were other beings around. I don't know who or what. Um, I just could sense them and I could definitely feel the energy. And it was almost like it was sustaining my life, but also my body in a way. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I knew Um, I was being pulled out of the car, the ambulance had come and then I regained consciousness. I got super sick on the way to the hospital. There were things at the hospital that I kept receiving, like being told what my body needed. And they're like, no, we ran blood work. You're fine. You don't need that. And your electrolytes are fine, blah, blah, blah. Well, eventually I kept passing out again at the hospital. And I was barely conscious. I, other people told me later, there were no rooms available. I'm in the hall. Other people told me later that when they finally gave me what I was asking for, I popped up, like nothing had happened at all and was completely fine. And they said they'd never seen anything like it. And the other people told me I had been like screaming and crawling around the hospital floor before that. And I don't remember that.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, I do remember when I like came to, and it was like, I was fine. They ran CAT scans. They didn't find, there was no stroke that happened. They couldn't find. Now, after that time, I did have lingering, very significant issues neurologically with my heart. Um, and it really wasn't until I processed a lot of my own life story with somebody subconsciously, like I worked with somebody on that. Um that I had been searching for six months at least for the right treatment of what I needed. And it wasn't until I processed through that, that suddenly what I needed showed up and then I was able to recover and get better. So that's a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and there's so much within that. I didn't even say, you know, those are the big, big elements yeah. of it, yeah. but there was a lot of stuff happening at the time. And I, I stopped once I finally received the message I needed to know, I stopped running into the person who I I've not seen that person since. Um, and it was like, that person was what I was received was there as, um, a reminder to me. Like, it was almost like, hello, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And it yeah. wasn't until I really understood what that meant mm. that I didn't need to run into them anymore.
0: it's oh yeah it's so I I love that I love that visual of of that one person that's contracted with us to come through as this wake up hey hey remember this remember this wake up wake up wake up you know and 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 that was mine you know back in 2000 when I when I became attuned to the Reiki and and and, I mean and, and there are so many of us where we when we wake up to the truth in who we are, yeah, and and some of us, you know, it requires the billboard on fire, you know, as with an NDE, yes. and and <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't have an NDE, but those STEs, the spiritually transformative experiences, holy smack. I still have them, you know, with yeah. meditation, like the things you were talking about, being in what feels like space, been there. Seeing the people that are the the light beings, they're lights, but Mm -hmm. but they're they're not, but they are been there. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing Mm -hmm. those colors that you can't describe, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm hearing the music on the other side, but it's not.
1: Yes, yes, I could feel sounds. It was all like I'm feeling. Yeah,
0: totally, Mm -hmm. totally. Um, Yeah, and it's it's incredible. Um, So
1: it is, and it's so beautiful. And one uh, of the things I think that's so important. Um, in the IANS, I don't know if you're familiar with that group, the International Association for Native Studies. Yeah. So the conference this year is actually, I presented last year, this year, they are doing a conference specifically on the after effects of NDEs and STEs. And what I'm finding is a ton of people are having STEs, but they're afraid to talk about it because right. a, a, they're in the same space, right? Yeah, like sure. something must be wrong yeah. with me. What's going on? Or analyzing it. Like, did this really happen? And yet what research has shown is that the after effects of STEs are the same as the after effects of NDEs minus the physical recovery. Yes. Although sometimes it can be a physical um, illness that sparks it, you know, to happen in the first place, but same exact after effects.
0: Yes. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with IONS, it's Inter- International Association of Near Death Studies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And they do conferences all over the world. They do uh, Mm -hmm. tons of in-depth, super sciency research. (laughs) You know, it's not, it's super (sighs) sciency research where they are truly building this bridge between this this left brain and right brain, recognizing that there, there is something there and they're getting closer and closer to truly finding to Oh, it's just amazing.
1: Yeah. And I will say as somebody who has a very logical human mind, I've learned how to balance that with my intuitive self now mm. and to utilize both pieces together. But as somebody who comes from a logical minded brain, um, I appreciate the research that they do. I don't, I'm not a researcher myself, but I very much appreciate having research because my logical mind loves that, yeah. but I, I've met. A lot of these researchers, and they are not the typical woo-woo out there people. You can tell they are hardcore researchers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, hardcore skeptics doing the work to find the meaning and the why. Yeah. How can how is this? It's yeah, it's incredible. It's you changed
1: know, I, a lot of their lives and perceptions. Oh, I mean, of
0: how could it not?
1: The afterlife okay. too, right?
0: Yeah. How could it not? You know, doing right. this that I do now after 18 years uh you know where I'm a medium and I you mm-hmm. know very very much into bringing through the evidence and and it's that evidence based information that obviously yeah. I would never know as the person sitting here talking to your people in spirit or supposedly talking supposedly talking right. to people in spirit. you know what I'm saying but but there's yes. the people that are researching that are yes. also discovering that there is absolutely something happening and-
1: yes, and that we have not, to this date, been able to pinpoint a location in the brain where memory exists. Mm-hmm. They cannot. <laughs> They've dissected the brain over and over and have not been able to pinpoint that. There is research demonstrating the belief that consciousness is not local to the brain. Our brains are, I kind of use a metaphor almost like a computer or radio that's like tuned in to a specific station and consciousness. Yeah. And that station can change when we shift our underlying deep subconsciously held belief systems too. And that's where we get into manifestation and physical reality changing and all kinds of things like that. But
0: uh-huh. it is,
1: it's, it's so interesting. And in Michael Newton, um, did a ton of research in the 60s all for years with wow. over 7000 people in yes. hypnosis.
0: Okay, so you actually went to right where I was going to go. So oh, for those <laughs> of you who don't know Michael Newton, Michael Newton is a researcher like she said from the 60s, the 70s. He wrote this book called Life After Lives and and that was the 70s. Journey of
1: Souls. Journey of Souls. Oh, Journey of
0: all oh, right, Journey of Souls. Journey of Souls. Um, Re- yes,
1: Raymond Moody, I think was Raymond
0: Moody did life lives after life after yes, oh, the
1: and he's one up. of the researchers at University of Virginia. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I know they're all they're all like they're all good, great, excellent researchers. <laughs> amazing, yes.
0: amazing. Yes, and then you've got Dr. Brian Weiss, who was you know just yes. he was a hypnosis. He was just. He was just doing hypnosis and
1: all. Clinical of the stuff psychiatrist. Started. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Clinical psychiatrist doing his work, yeah. and all of a sudden, all this stuff is coming up, and he's going, "What is <laughs> happening?" And then he starts seeing it within all of these people. Okay. Yeah. Is bringing it back to you and your path, being the psychiatrist, the psychology background that you're you were in mm-hmm. after this, all of these experiences, the billboard on fire. Um and now you're doing hypnosis and you're doing this kind of work. What mm-hmm. what is where are you today with people? Like what what's what's your lane now?
1: Yeah. Um initially with hypnosis I kind of took on everything just to get experience and see what it is I wanted to do and so I worked with everything for a while but then I started finding what it was that my path, you know, where my path really was and I do on the human end of things, because I don't, I don't consider our human selves separate from our spiritual selves. I think, you know, we're here to have these life experiences for a reason and that is spiritual and it's doing something for, um, for our our souls and energy beings, you know? So I do work on the human end of things with people who have some inner child stuff process through, um, things that may be driving behaviors they don't want or emotions. I work a lot in the emotional space with things like anxiousness, worry, self-confidence. A lot of it comes down to worthy worthiness. And do I like, am I enough? Yeah. I think every person on this planet has that to some degree. It's just bigger for some of us than others. And so working through a lot of that, um, which tends to be very, very quick work, very, especially if a person's ready, it goes very fast, but I do a ton of spiritual hypnosis as well. So past life regressions, life between lives sessions, consciousness exploring kind of sessions where people can just connect with, um, their higher selves. And it's kind of like they're becoming channelers for themselves in a way oh, yeah. It's just opening them up to that. Yeah,
0: absolutely here's the thing. First and foremost, fundamentally, we are a spiritual being period. Yeah. And, and, and we're, we're, we are this eternal spiritual being living in this body that mm-hmm. we have come to believe that this is real life, that this is
1: right. Like this is what we yeah. identify with. Right. Yeah.
0: And, and we're all wired for spirit. We're all wired. We're connected. We can't help but be, we are. Yeah. And so, like you said, these people are becoming, you know, channelers for themselves. It, it's true because once we recognize that within ourselves and we experience that, that mystical aha, like, mm-hmm. holy cow, what was that? You know, over and over and over, we start to recognize that connection and, and yeah. we, we're we all dialed into that channel, so to speak, or
1: absolutely. however many
0: channels there are, you know, there's yes, absolutely we are. So, yes,
1: I just see everything as an expression of spirit. We all are it. It's not separate from us. We're all just a different expression. Exactly. You know, our own unique expression of it. And so, even the regression sessions that I do, whether it's spiritual regression, past life regression, I tend to not do it just for curiosity, but more to help people connect with why they're here. Mm -hmm. Um, And it often, people often get responses like they're looking for something super super specific our human brains are really funny and they might get things that are sort of broad or like what is most important and they're like yeah but but what <laughs> like like you know wanting that fire billboard yes. you know <laughs> the billboard on fire like okay what else <laughs> um but also it's more even with past life regression I like to find out after we go through the whole experience and do a life review of it, how is that relevant to your life today? Because yeah, we can just do this for fun, but like you're here for a reason. Why, what is the relevance and what is needed from that? Like what messages do you really need to know from that? What needs to maybe be resolved from that? And then working to do some intervention around that space.
0: Oh my God, you just said a mouthful. Thank you. (laughs) So, so, uh, you know, I've heard many, many people Talk about this psychic told me I was this in the past life, and I was that in the past life. And, mm. I, and I'm like, okay, great, that's great. But but what what do you do with what do you do with it? What does that mean? Right, right. You know? And and I and I think that's great. They're probably tapping into something. I'm not denying that. Mm-hmm. But but why is that coming forth? What what do I do? Right. With it? How does that help me? How does that serve me? Yes. And 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 that's what you just said. And I love that about I love that about your work. Uh, 20 plus years ago, I, uh, it was like 2000, maybe one, I wanted to quit smoking. And, uh, I mean, I didn't want to, but I knew I had to, you know <laughs> I mean, I really didn't want to, <laughs> um, but I went to, I went to hypnosis and, and, and so I, I found my hypno girl. I called her my hypno girl ever since. And, and it, it started with that. And then I saw her for like, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. Mm-hmm. Where she was my ther my therapist, you know, rather mm-hmm. than being a counselor therapist, I would see her as my therapist, and and she studied with Dr. Brian Weiss. So so mm-hmm. I was I was experiencing these past lives with her as well, and mm-hmm. and we would come out of that and like, okay, well, what do we do with that information? And we would talk about you know the the visions that I had seen um, or memories that I had seen, and what it, and how it was so not where I am today, but how it pertained to my feeling of lack of worth, lack of, um, self-acceptance, lack of, um, yes, I'm not, I'm not enough. I I'm, mean, or, I'm yes. enough, you know, and, and how it there's just, stuff that can even happen in the womb totally around that, amazing. that we don't realize
1: we're carrying. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it come from so many spaces. Yeah. Yeah. It,
0: it, yeah. My point in saying all of this is, is it, it's huge. This work is, yeah. it's enormous. It is enormous.
1: It is. It's everything. It's everything because if we could logically think our way out of emotions we feel, if we could logically think our way out of thoughts we experience or behaviors, then we would do it. But it's not coming from the logical mind space. It's coming from a deeper place Mm -hmm. and being able to access that and also move into the broader perspective that we are all whole and complete as we are. These lives aren't meant to be perfect. I am not a perfect human being. The difference for me now is with my inner critic is it doesn't mean that the inner critic voice doesn't ever show up. It shows up less frequently and less intensely than it used to, but it still shows up sometimes. I can still get triggered. When it does, the difference is I'm usually not identified with it in the way I used to be. It's like, oh, I can see it outside of myself. I'm like, you're here. All right, this is going to feel kind of yucky for a little bit, but I know it's temporary. Come on in, make friends with it. Yeah. We're able to move on. Yeah, it's oh, not who I am.
0: Exactly. Thank you for that. You know, this is. Uh, you know, I, I said earlier, synchronicity permeates everything, and and that yes. spirit gets our attention and, 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 and pings us on our inside. So I just think it's so brilliant that you and I are sitting here today where we were supposed to do this on Monday and, <laughs> <laughs> and it moved, you know, I screwed up, but I was supposed to screw up. We were supposed to sit here today, right? And, Absolutely. And here's the thing. I had a session with my therapist from nine to nine 50 before meeting with you. And it was all this talk about this deep work of self worth and self-love and and self acceptance, that inner critic, that I'm yes. not enough, and talking about this like I've been triggered so much this week. Yeah. And, and recognizing it and seeing, okay, all right, you know, there's more here. I'm not, not gonna I'm not gonna hang on to this. But sometimes it's really hard and yeah. you hang on to it and you're, you know.
1: Oh, sure. We're so, human.
0: Yeah. And, and so just having the conversation with him before sitting here with you and you bringing this, like your experiences with that inner, mm. tip, <laughs> that you see just through, through your hypnosis, it's just brilliant.
1: It yeah. is. I love synchronicity. And yeah, what I had mentioned, what I used to think of before as coincidences, I now know are synchronistic experiences and they're all beautiful. I mean, that's what draws us to each other. You seeing the comments, I mean, it's brought us together, you know, and I just, I love that.
0: Completely. It's, it's, it's incredible. You know, I think it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I I think, I think I'm onto it. Carl Jung
1: Uh
0: defined synchronicity as two seemingly completely random experiences (laughs) happening at the very exact moment in front of the observer mm. creates this meaningful, almost out of body experience. Like, yeah. how, how, how is that? But it's for that observer. It like, yes. two people should be witnessing the same thing. It might not hit the other person the same way it hit me. Yes. And and it's that it's that where it pings something on our inside that we already felt. But this is it. Going, you hello. hello, Here's your here's your life. (laughs) Yes,
1: absolutely. And that what you just said is key. Is is practicing it. It is a practice of becoming the observer. When you can do that, and also integrate spirit and human together, but be identified more with the observer than you are with the imperfect human, then you start experiencing more peace in life because even. Even when things, when you're not feeling good, even when you're feeling terrible, there can be an underlying peace because there's not as much identification with that. Knowing like, yes, this is what I'm experiencing in this moment, but it's not who I am.
0: Truth. Oh my God, you just said another mouthful. (laughs) We we, we buy into the fact that that is who we are.
1: Yeah. And I think in a way- I think in a way it's almost necessary to some degree. Um, I don't know if you've read, I, I just came across it last year, A Walk in the Physical by Christian Sundberg.
0: Oh, I have not. It's and so
1: I'm good because he gets very deep. And I was able to actually listen to his talk at the IANS conference last year. Um, it gets deep into these questions into these experiences and these questions these deep questions we all have but i it just spoke to me because it's everything i've internally felt i knew and it just sort of validated that but i feel like we have to have these imperfect experiences of not feeling whole and complete because we're already whole and complete we as as spirit beings right but like how do you really know what you are without knowing what you're not Good. how do you really identify that if we only lived in night or day we wouldn't have a word for the opposite because it would just be, and that's what we are. We just, we just are. That's
0: why it's just we come as humans, to planet where, where we, yeah. have duality, and we can't know one without the yes. other. And you know, it, it's
1: life is supposed to be imperfect. So if we can come into acceptance of that, it helps. It right. helps just in terms of our ability to manage our way through difficult experiences. You no, know,
0: it's it's true. It's it's like what you just said pinged so much because you know if we could if we could recognize that and 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 see it for what it is and laugh about it. It gets mm-hmm. comical how <laughs> how we can get so deeply intertwined with the emotions and the mental and the illusion of it all we make mm-hmm. it something that it's not because of our insecurities and our you know, our fear of our not being enough. We feel like we're not enough make it something bigger than it's not. And, 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 oh goodness.
1: It's true. I see a lot of times in session, people, um, people will have awarenesses, like they'll, they'll go into spirit where maybe even through a past life, something horrific happened. And then they, leave the body. And suddenly it's like, there's this lighthearted laughter with the other beings who just beheaded them or something like, ha ha ha. That was a funny play. We were like, we all played our role Mm -hmm. in the play to learn what we had to learn. Um, but also people, a lot of times experience with guides, spirit guides, uh, lighthearted humor, like they're being told, you know, their guide is trying to get them to laugh. And they're like, you know, the human self is, what do you mean laugh about this? This is horrible. And the guy's like, don't take yourself so seriously. That message comes through all the time for people.
0: <laughs> and it's such a great message. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is such a great message because yeah. Lordy, Can I take myself (laughs) seriously? (laughs) Oh, me too. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, I I just doing this work, being on YouTube, having the the podcast, you know, doing the work that I do, the exposure. I, I mean, seriously, I could have a thousand raving fans and I get one troll that tells me, you know, I'm an idiot or whatever. Yeah. What does
1: your mind pay attention to? Oh my
0: God. (laughs) And it pings that inner troll in me. And I start, you know, suddenly now I'm the one that's hurting my own feelings because of my own. Yeah. Right. It's like, (laughs) stop, stop the madness, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: I do see others though, as being a mirror. That's one of the things I've gained over the years too, is that I'm not perfect at this. There's times I get sucked in the moment, (laughs) but as much as I possibly can try to take a step back in those triggering moments and ask myself what are what are they showing me that's unresolved within myself?
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know,
1: because it's like they're mirrors for us, just sh- just reflections. We're always reflecting to each other yes. to help us oh. get closer to home and to get closer to ourselves. But that doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 that is doing the work. And that's why we're here. We're here to do yeah. that work, that that self-awareness, that self-realization, self-actualization, you know, walking the talk or talking the walk or whatever the phrase is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and here's the thing. Like, I and this is one of the things I just said to my therapist. It's like. You get to a point in life where you do recognize all of that in the past. And you're, you're through therapy or, or whatever modality, you know, you're, you're consciously addressing it, right? You're working mm-hmm. through it and you're, you're healing and, and you're, you're growing. And, and there comes a day where you're like, I have healed five minutes later, you're triggered
1: and you're like, Oh damn it. I'm not healed. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that as soon as <laughs> she said that. Cause I remember the moment I was like oh, I yes. feel great. This is great. And then and then it, it came back at some point. And I thought, what? I thought I already worked through this. What's oh, going on? And that's why when I work with people on human stuff, I always tell them now, this is, this work is not about making that inner critic voice or anxious voice or whatever voice it is go away. It's more about when it shows up, how are you in relationship with it? How are you relating to it? Are you trying to get it to go away, push it away? Because that actually causes more of it to continue to show up. And this gets into a whole other thing, a whole other topic. But um, yeah, in terms of that true healing, it is about making friends with those parts of ourselves. Yes. And when you can love them unconditionally for oh. even how much how horrible they feel, that's where the peace comes. Because then you, know, you love all parts of yourselves, the shadow, yes. all of it.
0: Yes. Yes you know, uh, I, the, 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 within my meditations, within my own silence, and I am addressing all of those, you know, I see, I see myself as a toddler throwing a full on temper tantrum that, that aspect of myself. And, and, you know, I go in for the big hugs. You know what I mean? You just you yeah. gotta, you gotta hug that, hug that, yep. little, that little aspect hug of it. it.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah.
0: Yes. True. <laughs> This has been so, so good.
1: You we just went through like 10 years of therapy in oh one hour. Totally. <laughs> for me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It you has been a amazing. pleasure.
0: You are amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for showing up the way that you do the, you know, requ- requiring those billboards on fire because <laughs> you needed them to be where you are. And, and now
1: I'm grateful for them now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I honor and I respect that, and and I thank you,
1: thank you, and I appreciate you, ha- you know, having this platform. It's needed. People, I'm hearing people coming to me one on one saying, I-, I can't tell my therapist this even because they're afraid of getting judged, or and yes, sometimes there are psychiatric treatments that truly are warranted but in a large yeah. majority of cases there's a lot of people having spiritually transformative experiences that aren't that yeah. and they have a filter that says this isn't normal they're afraid to speak some of these people I know even work together I can't tell them but like <laughs> like they're afraid to say anything but they don't realize they don't see what I see I'm able to see this one-on-one with people and it's just I appreciate this platform you have to help get this information out there to normalize the experiences people are having. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Just going to keep helping the collective.
0: Yeah. That's it. I mean, how can I help? How can I serve? That's why I'm here.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So before we go, please let everybody know where they can find you and they
1: can find me. Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Where they can find you and what you have, you know, your services to them.
1: Yeah, uh, my website is Jen Catlin, jencatli com, and that also links to my hypnotherapy certification training. If anybody wants to train, we teach all the way through past life regression, um, along with working with the human stuff that we talked about. And I tra- train with my colleague. Um, I have a Facebook group Soul Aligned Empaths and Sensitive's that people are welcome to join as well. But everything is on my main website. And so you can find contact info there too. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank you so much for having I just me. like, this I, has I, been I, a lot of fun. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Oh, we totally could. In fact, <laughs> I, I could go be, six more hours. Totally. I was just <laughs> going to
0: ask if you would please come back. There is, there's I would love so to. much that we, we can talk about. And oh yeah. We'd love to have you on as a regular and just um, share because, yeah, could talk and go and go and go uh, for for days.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I I feel the same. (laughs) I would love to come back.
0: Thank you so much for being here with us. You guys, you've been watching another episode of Something Super Spiritual. I'm so grateful that you have been here with us and plugging along on this journey as we're all really just trying to figure it out. And at the end of the day, we are really just walking each other home.
1: 100%.
0: (laughs) All right, you guys, I love you to smithereens. Thank you so much, Jen. And I will be talking again real soon. I know it.
1: Okay, great. Thanks.
0: Thank you again for listening to the Something Super Spiritual podcast. If you know someone who would enjoy this episode, please do share it with a friend. For show notes, links, and to purchase a mediumship reading, my website is somethingsuperspiritual.com. You can also easily subscribe and follow the show on your favorite app, sign up for my newsletter for bonus content, and to keep the conversation going, you can easily join the Facebook community. It's all right there at the website, somethingsuperspiritual.com. Signing off for now, namaste.